Hey friend, welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast, where we work together here to make you an inventory genius. We talk about profit, we talk about cash flow, and we definitely talk about your paycheck. Because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you guys here today. I have two guests. I don't think we've ever done a show. Well, Candy, I interviewed you once with Jesse, your business partner, but I've yes. never had two separate business owners in the same room. This is going to be a lot of fun. So I have Abby and Candy here. One coming from, I know, Ohio. Candy, are you in Iowa at this moment? Yes. yes. Okay. Still. And I'm in Tennessee. So that's the joy of technology. It brings us all into one room. And I'm excited for you guys to hear from these business owners today who have both recently sold their businesses. They've sold their boutiques. Um, so yes, people are still buying boutiques. They're still buying stores. And we're going to talk to them about that today. So, hey guys, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm excited for this. How are you, Abby? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. This is very last. Well, we've been talking about doing this, but we came together tonight where it worked in everyone's schedule to record this. And we're just going to dive right in. So we're going to start with Candy. I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about the store that you had, how you got into it, what kind of store it was. And then we'll jump over and hear Abby's story. And then we're going to talk about what you had ready when the opportunity arose to get rid of your businesses to sell them. Well, I am Candy Coulter, and my daughter and I owned a women's clothing boutique in a small town in central Iowa. Um, we opened in March, February, March of 2019, and then we expanded our store slightly, moved it across the street, and opened a cafe in February of 2020. So things kind of took off, and then it went downhill um, temporarily with the pandemic, and we had to make some choices that changed our business model a little, a little bit during that time. Um, after that, um, we moved our boutique two more times. <laughs> you guys could never sit still. You were always <laughs> changing things up. Um, and we were in a small town of 3,800 people. So whenever we moved, it was always a big to-do and drew a lot of attention. So I don't recommend doing that. What a that great for way to people. do marketing. It Just was move your a, business. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of work. I don't necessarily recommend it, but every time we were gaining something in the move. So it worked out for us. Um, and I feel that um, our, our business model was kind of simple fashion, um, mid-range price point, you know, not high luxury and items and probably typical boutique. Our cafe was more of a home comfort food type of cafe. Um, we were open three days at each place. Again, small town. We didn't feel that our town would support us every day being open. And we also set some personal boundaries for ourselves and didn't want to be open five days a week, um, but we made it work. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in listening to that conversation, setting boundaries and using profit first. I interviewed Jesse and Candy several months ago. So you can scroll down in the, the episodes from a while ago. That's a really good one because you did make that a priority. Family time was important to you guys. Taking a paycheck was important. Those are things that you, you put high importance on and then you followed through and made it happen. So I always, 
I really admired that about you. Um, Abby. Yeah. Abby, let's chat with you. You have a fun story. You have to tell us how you got the boutique, how you started. Cause that's just part of the story that is very entertaining. So tell us, tell us your background. Okay. So my name is Abby Gibbo. I, um, owned small town boutique in Ohio, very, uh, generic name. We were in a small town as well. Um, I opened my store in November of 2015. I had to think about that for a second. Um, so what Sierra means by how I got started? Well, I, um, won the lottery, um, off of scratch off ticket. And I have always been admired by relatives who have been entrepreneurs. And so I decided to invest my money and start my store. So I won in August, I believe it was August or September. And I um, opened my store at the end of November. So it was a quick turnaround. Once I have my mind made up about something, I'm a, I'm a go for it type of person. So I like to get it done. So I had my store for almost seven years. Um, it would have been I sold in September and it would have been in November would have been seven years. So quite a um, experience, I guess you could say. Um, I did not move that many times of locations. <laughs> I stayed in the same one, but I did redo my location to make it serve me better, I guess. Is, is yeah, you did a great. fairly big remodel on your yeah. store a little yeah, bit ago. Yeah, so kind of going into that is kind of stems from things that um, I have learned in your training. So how to maximize, you know, the space that you are given, you know, making sure you have plenty of units on your floor and stuff to um, produce the numbers that you want, as well as then in return, you know, give you that paycheck that you want. So um, that's kind of what stemmed my remodel. I mean, I wanted things upgraded, but also like, how can I maximize the amount of space that I am given without having to, you know, pay more for rent and stuff like that, which all kind of boils down into your numbers. Yeah, so good. So this is really interesting. Both of you found me different ways, but both were in very interested in building a strong foundation and understanding your numbers you were both doing some of the work already. Candy, you guys had, a, we're doing a version of profit first. Abby, you were buying really smart. So Abby would buy in bulk, consolidate shipping. So you were already very conscious of building a good foundation, doing things right. But why did you take that second step and then dive in with coaching? So we'll talk about that for a minute. And then I want to talk about what we did in coaching, some of the work we did together that, that prepared you guys for your sales. So Candy, you first, why, why did you go that step further and invest in coaching? I was actually referred to you by another boutique owner, um, both of our situations were that we had come from direct sales and opened up our own boutique. Um, and we felt that the trainings that we were given while in direct sales actually didn't line up with how to operate a storefront and be profitable. Um, margins were a big discussion. You know, you could, we needed to increase our margin in order to be sustainable in the long run. And so I feel that, you know, the reason why we sought out coaching is one, we had done a mastermind previously that was a 
six week stint. We learned a lot from there, but we felt like to go forward, we needed to dive a little bit deeper into the financial end of things. Um, it helped us. The mastermind that we took was more about social media and marketing and getting our name out there, which at the time that was perfect for us getting started. Yeah. Um, but we knew that we needed to be better with our numbers, better with our money, um, because both of us, my daughter and I, <laughs> we can make quick decisions. Sometimes they were fine. Other times they dug us in a deep hole. And that was the thing. I think when we came to you, we were starting to see debt pile up and we just did not want to become so smothered and covered in debt that we would never be able to see a way out of it. Yeah. That's, that's not a good feeling when you start to feel like things are spinning out of control and you know, if you keep marching forward in that direction, it's going to be pretty ugly. So so good. Abby, what about you? Um, you already were doing measuring your inventory. You care about, you cared about margins. Like you came to me with really strong margins already. So why did you feel like you needed coaching? Yeah. So when I saw some of your things on social media, um, different marketing points, like really stuck out, um, just your personality and stuff. I was like, Oh, I think I would click with this person. And that's always, um, like one thing, uh, to really look at. I previously have went into like a mentorship coaching thing and it just wasn't, we didn't click right. And I was just, you definitely don't get a lot out of it when that happens. Um, my next thing was, is I knew like my business was doing well, but I would want eager to understand how and why. So I was like, okay, yeah. you know, I'm not in debt. I am bringing in money. I do have money to buy inventory, but how and why, you know, and just knowing that it's okay to not to tell yourself, I can't do this alone. I can, you know, run my business like the back end, but it's okay to accept help along the way, you know, and just getting that reassurance, like, you know, doing this and doing that. Um, just really validating of, of your why, I guess, of not only yeah. why are you doing this, but why is this working? And what can you do to make it work better and really improve what you're already doing well? Yeah, that's, I really like what you said that we need to give ourselves permission to get help where we might know a little bit, but maybe we could learn it a little bit better. What are we missing? What questions do we not even know we should ask where someone else can come in and say, have you thought about this? So speaking about that end of things, financials, um, this is an area where so many entrepreneurs, not just product-based business owners, not just boutique owners, like financial scare entrepreneurs, <laughs> the thought of them, they feel very inadequate. Then they feel shame and guilt for not knowing their financials or not even knowing like, what is the profit and loss? What's a balance sheet? What does that mean? And so a lot of times when we don't know something, we'll shove it to the side and ignore it. Um, so we work a lot on the financial side of things and just teaching and training through the mastermind and the coaching, how to read financials, what's important. So fast forward, we've been working together now for a while, several months, year and a half plus, and you both have the opportunity to sell. Candy, let's start with you. How did that happen? 
so we were coaching, working together. And before you knew it, and like you said, you move fast, Abby, you move fast too. I think, I honestly think really good entrepreneurs have a gift to move fast. That's why they're good entrepreneurs. Um, but all of a sudden you found yourself in a situation where you needed to make a decision about the cafe and the boutique, sell it, shut it down. How did you get there? And then what financials did you have in order that were, that gave you the opportunity to clearly present this to a possible new small business owner? So I'll try to keep this short as possible. Um, my daughter and I, like we've mentioned, we're business partners. Um, my daughter's husband is originally from Wisconsin. We always knew that she would end up back, you know, at his quote unquote home um, for farming purposes. However, it happened much quicker than any of us ever thought it would. Um, so when they had this opportunity to move, they took it. And I'm not kidding you. We sit here today, you know, the beginning part of October, um, this decision was made over Memorial Day weekend. And by the end of June, we were closing our boutique. Um, so with that said, we did not sell our boutique. We actually liquidated all of our assets. Um, we did sell the cafe. But even though the two different businesses, they both have inventory, you know, there are assets that you need to either dispose of or sell or, you know, some way get them off of the books. Yep. <laughs> um, so our decision wasn't one that we thought we would be making yet. Honestly, I thought it might be another five year to seven year journey before that happened. Um, our boutique we were able to liquidate and sell so quickly because there was an event that we were a part of that always happens the end of June. So we took that opportunity and ran with it because we knew that we would have a lot more customers in our store over one last weekend in June. And we started marking a few things down, but we held on to some items. And while working with you and knowing um, and learning about our margins and increasing them over time, buying smarter, um, we actually did not lose money by having a blowout sale at the end of June. Um, you know, we didn't have the profit margin that we had, but, you know, our mindset was if we could at least just make back what we sold, what we bought it for and break even on it, then, you know, when we start selling fixtures and our point of sale system and things like that, we'll be able to recoup some of that cost back into our books. Yeah. And with the cafe selling that business, you knew what it was worth. You knew the, the worth of your assets. I think there's so many of you that are listening that if we were, if any one of us three were to ask you, what is your business worth? You would have no idea where to even start. But if we've listed those assets and kept good records, or at least the best <laughs> that we've known and have been able to keep, it's such a great way to give us the confidence to liquidate or to sell it or just sell the assets or transfer it to another family member. Any thoughts on that? Things that you're well, really thankful that you had in place. Well, I'm, you know, Jesse and I were not good with bookkeeping. So we had had a bookkeeper from nearly day one. So our, our books were in order, thankfully, because of them. Yeah, <laughs> not necessarily anything that we personally did, you know, on a regular basis, except um, for hire the bookkeeper. Yeah, we really hired important. the bookkeeper. Yes. Well, because we knew that we would, again, 
we would have ourselves in a mess, you know, and it would be a hard one to get ourselves out of and hours and hours of working with someone. But I know Abby and I talked on the phone a little bit about whenever her opportunity came up. And one of the things that we were not going to sell our brand in the beginning, um, when it came time to have the buyer for the cafe, one of the things that was really you know, we hadn't been open that long. And obviously in 2020 with the startup, with the pandemic, we did not show a profitable 2020. 2021 was better. Um, it could have been, you know, even better. Um, but again, with the lingering effects of the shutdowns and things, and, you know, I understand that. But 2022, we started off with the bang. We really worked hard on our SEO, um, our marketing. You know, we were trying to live lean and mean on our budget, um, buying smarter for our cafe, and just really working some new items in. And um, it was really showing a profit. And so I will have to say that I was a little sad. Um, yeah. when all of this happened because I wasn't sure that I was really, really ready to let it go at this time because our bookkeeping, our records, our financials didn't show that we were a profitable business. And I knew if you just gave me another year, another two years, you know, we would be able to sell it for way more than what it's worth. So when Jesse and I had a discussion, um, my daughter and I, you know, one of the things I said, I was like, I don't want to sell our brand but I think our brand is worth something because mm -hmm. you can get the, um, oh, you can get our phone number, you can get our branding, yeah. you can have all of our marketing materials, you know, you got our website, you know, everything, we sold everything. And that's honestly where we were able to boost up our purchase price some because we put a value on that. Um, like you said, it's blue sky. It's a blue sky value. You don't really have an actual number that you can apply to it, but it's a negotiating tool. Yeah, for sure. And having those things listed out or talking through them is so important. Your customers, how many emails you have, if you text, how many phone numbers you have, all of that stuff is worth something. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we buy stuff, sell stuff, sell, 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 work in our stores. And we don't think about the background pieces that are bringing value to our future. If an opportunity like this either arises or is brought upon us. So Abby, jumping over to you, financials, you did have a business that was profitable. You had more time with your business one boutique, same concept. Um, tell us why you decided to move away from it. You don't have to get into the weeds with it, but just, I think it would be really good. I want to give our listeners permission to move on in this moment and move on with their business because I talked to so many business owners who feel stuck, but they are the ones keeping themselves there because of what they think other people will think of them or the expectations they've had of their self or the story that they've told themselves, you know, my business is going to look like this. And I love giving people permission to just move on. It's okay. If you feel like a chapter's closed and there's a new one. So that's a little bit of where you were at when you found yourself ready to sell. Yes. So I was the definition of feeling stuck. Um, like you said before, I mean, it was nothing like, you know, I was a profitable business, things were going well, it was just, you know, something that came over me that was like, you know, I think 
there's something else that's out there. I have always told myself that um, there was a bigger purpose for me um, after I've had some traumatic things that happened in my life. I just, it was like your eyes open wide. Um, I knew I wanted to make this a profitable business before I ever moved on. So that's why I worked hard. I, you know, hired you as a coach um, with Candy. Same thing. I had a bookkeeper as well. So I knew that when this day would come, it would be ready for me. Granted, you still have to put the work into it, but it's like she said, it's definitely a mess that you don't want to have to go back later and clean up. It's a investment for sure to have a bookkeeper, but it's a bigger investment if you're going to try to do it yourself and then have them dig their way back. Yes. Into books of finding all the numbers that you may not know where they are. <laughs> yeah. But so I was just feeling stuck, kind of have, you know, met with you because you definitely do more than just business coaching. You definitely, you know, kind of walk the life with people because your your life and your business normally kind of go hand in hand. Um, so I had brought to your attention that I had some ideas going on in my head. And I, I remember telling you these words of like, I just feel like I have a bigger purpose. Um, you know, I was like, I just feel like I'm made for more. Um, and so finally I, you know, like talked to a few people and they were just like, you really need to be in a space that makes you happy. And so I just realized I was getting stuck in the whole day-to-day -day of running the business, but I wasn't finding like, you know, I remember you telling me, make the list of what you love and enjoy doing in your boutique and what are the things that, you know, you just have to do. And that was like a big eye-opener of like, okay, I have more on my list of just what I like to do, or it's the, you know, those outweigh the things that you enjoy doing. Yeah. And so, you know, I just was like, you know what I need to find, I was losing myself. Um, I really was. I realized I was working outside of store hours. I wasn't enjoying my time outside of it. And I was just becoming a person that I knew that's deeply like not who I was. And so once I gave my permission and it was hard, I definitely had that like, what if people think I failed? And what if people, you know, are upset because I'm the only boutique in my town and, you know, all the things were running through my head. But at the end of the day, it's you who have, you have to make happy and your person that you live with, you know, if you have a family or a significant other. And I was feeling like I was not only letting myself down, but I was letting my significant other down. And it wasn't that I had a bad business at all. So I was like, what are you even, why are you getting so down on yourself for? So once I did that, I, you know, met with you, just ran over a few things, but I had my financials in order. And just with you being in a different state than I was, I did meet with a small business development person in my area just to see, you know, to dial in the number and make sure that I wasn't sticker shocking people. And um, yeah, so it was really fast like candies. It was like I had got a job that was heavy on my heart. Um, it's actually working for hospice, which is working for donations, which like you said, you don't need to get in the nitty gritty, but I did some fundraising work for them as my dad had passed away there. And it was just something that was like, this fills my purpose. And so once I knew I got that job, um, it was like a month later and I was closed on it, sold. And like I did what Candy did, 
um, at first I was going to liquidate and sell. And I was like, I've worked way too hard. My business is profitable. Do not take the easy way out is mainly one big thing take away from that is do not take the easy way out because you think it was, it would be easier. You've worked hard and you deserve the paycheck during the whole time, but the big paycheck at the end. Sounds good. Abby, you are like preaching tonight. I love it. I, and you guys can't see her, but I've known Abby for three years. We've worked together. The confidence and Candy, you, I think you could probably see this too. Like the confidence and joy that's just coming out of you. That's what I love seeing when we, cause we do get stuck as business owners and we can't see how that much that weighs on us. So it's so fun for me to see all the good wisdom you're giving to everybody tonight. I love it. Sorry. I interrupted I, you, but you. I agree. No, you're fine. And it's definitely, um, I definitely feel like a different person. It's like, it's a whole different feeling, but, um, so I ended up doing the same thing that candy did. I, um, sold the profit on my bit, like sold with the profit on my business and they bought my brand and she really is, um, her and Sierra are both correct. You know, that email list that matters, that text, text marketing list that matters, you know, all the, you know, if you have a rewards program or, you know, just the customer list and making sure you have a POS system that is, you know, that's what pulls into those financials is your, your cost of goods, like what you're buying the items for and what you're selling to get that margin and being able to track all those metrics as you are building your brand and then to sell because like Candy and I both, both know now, like the whole time, you know, you may think like, why am I doing this? But there is always, a, they always have a reason of why you're doing something. And so yeah. it's definitely um, have paid off and it feels good to be able to yeah, be done, but be done in a very good way. It's very yeah. feeling a successful way. Well, I think um, we all need to take note of something Abby said, and that is, yes, we want a paycheck while we're running our business. And if you're not getting a paycheck, we can help with that product to paycheck challenge, little plug, we can help with that. But the foundational work, the hard work that we don't like doing, the tedious work, the things we'd rather shove to the corner, that creates our future paycheck. So one day when you sell or you want to expand or you want to bring in a partner, you, the value is so much greater if you've done that work that you didn't want to do in the moment that's building your future paycheck. That's investing your, in your future and your future self. So super important. Um, I'd love for each of you to share with us one thing that you'd like somebody who's thinking about selling their business for whatever reason, they're tired of it. They want to get out of it. They're going to be moving their husband's in the military. Who knows what reason, what's something they should start thinking about today. If they're thinking, you know what, a sale might be closer than I think. Candy, what's something that they should be working on or thinking about? I would say each month, um, if you haven't been doing it already, to definitely make sure that your book work is true and that everything is balanced. Um, you focus a lot on inventory, you know, knowing what your numbers are, how much you have on hand, what you have on your categories. Um, all of that played a part in our sale as well. Um, having an asset list, you know, that's up to date, knowing mm, because yeah. things transfer in and out. Um, I, you know, really, it, it doesn't take that much time 
I mean, in the beginning and in the end, it takes a little bit of time, but if you just maintain it throughout the season, um, it makes things much easier, whether you're looking to sell or whether it's tax time, you know, yes. it's, it is so much easier just to keep things up to date. Um, and I would say that if you're working with a bookkeeper and you're like, man, we're never getting our information or we don't even know what our numbers are, you know, then you probably need to have a hardcore discussion with them and, or be looking and shopping for a different bookkeeper because you should have access to all of that information. And you should know, um, going back to kind of something that we've learned from you. I mean, yes, we got our financial information, but I remember one day my daughter said, and what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> This black and white sheet. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we've learned that um, from you and how to read our profit and margin and know what our balance sheet and how the two things work together to improve our business. And, um, you know, I think that it's just overall, all of that helps even in the discussions whenever you're working with a future buyer, because, you know, your potential buyer may be someone just like you whenever you started mm -hmm. out, you know, maybe you knew a little enough to be dangerous, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but you can help talk them through this. Um, our situation is a little different than Abby's. Abby sold outright. Um, we actually sought out the buyer, um, approached her ourselves, and um, we're doing some owner financing on the upfront end to help get her started. So um, we still have some hands-on in our business, if you will. Um, but at the same time, we're able to help her um, walk through some of these things because we are better knowledgeable and she's able to ask us questions and, you know, and we can point her in the right direction. Yeah. I think that brings up a good point too, of, um, the creativity. So again, we box ourselves in, well, who would spend a hundred thousand dollars for my business? I don't, there's so many ways to slice that pie. <laughs> there's mm -hmm. lots of options, owner financing, bringing in a partner. There's ways that you can, you know, gradually remove yourself over time. Lots and lots of options. Um, so just keep a really creative and open mind. If you decide that you want to sell, you don't have to just find a broker and pay it. You can, but there's lots of other ways to do it also. So yeah, stay creative. Abby, what's something that you would tell someone if they're starting to think about possibly moving on from their current business? Yeah. So I wanted to add to Candy, which it was so good because, you know, we both are doing the same thing, but we're both doing it different ways, but we both got to that point the same way as in, you know, what steps we had to take to get there, not our situations, but as far as like, you know, the bookkeeping and stuff like that. So to add to that, I would say one is, you know, what you need to lead up to then. So like keeping your margin good, um, you know, like buying smarter, all the things that, you know, you teach and help us um, learn and measure and track. Um, the next thing, and I know this is more than one, but giving yourself permission, like, you know, it's really about the numbers, but you need to let you need the good numbers, but you need to let go as, as well. So giving yourself that permission. Um, so I think those would be like the two things that, you know, as once you get your business in a really good position is also then your mindset and where you're yeah. going with that path and following that. Yeah. And I think piggybacking on the mindset, I'll also tell any of you that are thinking of selling, I want you to remember this and bookmark it and replay it when you need to, but it's okay to also grieve 
the loss of your business when it's gone, even if it's something you really wanted, even if you built to sell our business, which we started this conversation saying our business and our life as entrepreneurs, it's so intertwined. You cannot separate them. You can separate hours and tasks and you can set up boundaries, but we are who our business is and our business is part of us. And so there is a real feeling of grief when you let it go, even if it's what you wanted. And for sure, if it's not what you wanted, <laughs> then there's even more grief there. So just being prepared for that and finding safe people. That's why have, you know, being in a mastermind, like you guys were both in my mastermind, like being in a group of safe people when you're building your business so that you have those safe people no matter what the business ends up doing, you know, closing or selling um, people that you can totally say like, this is awful. I know this sounds weird. I just made $200,000 on my business, but I'm really, really sad. Like you need to have those safe people. Um, and I'm sure both of you probably went through your own grieving of the loss of your business. Do you have anything to speak to that? Any other words for, for people? Cause I think I just like to keep it real. I want people to know, <laughs> like, you know what we actually go through and nobody it's like childbirth nobody tells you all the things afterwards you're like I wish someone would have told me that so in my case don't get two puppies Mike that's my (laughs) don't get two puppies at the same time (laughs) no see like we got to tell the real deals behind the scenes stuff yeah um Abby do you want to go ahead yeah I can um so Yes, I do feel that. Um, It was like a very good decision. Like I said, you know, I, that's what I wanted. Um, And I, you know, love the lady that bought my store. She, it's her second um, location now. So like, you know, she's done it. She's, you know, it wasn't like full on training somebody new, but it's seeing her make changes. It's like, oh, my baby's changing now, you know? those types of things. It's all in good manners. It's just, you know, you're just like, oh, like it's not the same anymore, you know, but it's everybody, it's kind of like, you know, when you make a house a home, like, you know, they're, yeah. she's making it um, her home. But I do want to say that um, this group is more valuable than just, you know, your numbers. Um, like I said, you know, um, you know, kind of graduating from Sierra with selling my business, you know, but I still have the relationships that I built with those um, other entrepreneurs. So like, you know, Candy and I, you know, we're able to communicate outside and if so, we'll grieve, but we definitely just, you know, collaborated and bounced ideas off each other. And, you know, like, how'd you feel with this? And what did you do with that? And, you know, just even though our businesses are different though, you can still um, communicate with like-minded individuals. And it, that definitely helps your process because not only do we lose we lost all of our relationships with our customers I mean you can still have yes. this but it's not it's not the same you know it's you know it's almost like when you see a teacher outside of school you know you're like oh I don't recognize you you're not you don't you don't wearing your badge or you're not wearing your school clothes you know or something like that and that's how customers feel with us as owners outside of the store so it's definitely nice to be able to still communicate and have those other relationships, you know? Yeah. So good. Well, because we both come from a small town, we were both famous in small towns. See? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And I do, I do agree with the grieving part. Um, for me, you know, it was grieving, not only closing our business, but my daughter and her family were moving out of state. So they're not so far away that we can't 
make a weekend trip like we're doing this weekend to go visit them. Um, but I think, and personally, um, I mean, a little bit of my story is my husband and I have RV'd during the summer months for many, many years. And so um, it was me that was keeping us back because we had a business, um, but we've talked for several years that we would love to just go full time. And so one day I came home and I said, guess what? We can do it now. It's time. And so I had to have a positive on a negative, if you will, um, just to help get me through all of that and have something to look forward to. And to know that even though this wasn't what I had planned, I still had a dream otherwise that, you know, wasn't necessarily business related, but it was personal. Um, and then what I'm finding and what have found out and I'll really already knew, but it just kind of confirmed it. There's a lot of things I can do and still be an entrepreneur and be traveling and not be in one home base, if you will. Yeah. So I'm excited for what the future holds for me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I have too many ideas and I need to take some time. And like I told you, Sierra, and just rest in this season for a moment and decide because I do make too many quick decisions and I don't want to regret this one. I'm too late in life to, (laughs) to make a bad decision. Yeah. I love that. Oh my goodness. We could keep talking all night. I'm going to, I'm going to end with that. And then I want each of you to share one word of advice with those that are listening. Um, I just want to kind of reiterate what, what Candy said that when we close one chapter, another is opening. And so while we might be grieving the change and what that feels like, it's okay to rest and wait and see what's next and not feel like we have to rush into something else because our business, while it's interwoven with our life should never define us who we are as people and how we interact with people and the the way we invest with people should be who define what defines us. So just resting and waiting for that next season. And then, yeah, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, even, even if you go to work at a corporate setting, bringing those entrepreneurial ideas and that energy, you'll always be an entrepreneur. I love it. Okay. So word of advice, it can be unrelated to selling a business, <laughs> anything. What's one thing that a mentor has told you guys, or you've replayed in your head or a quote you heard something you'd like to leave our audience with today? Abby, Candy looks distressed. So we're going to go with Abby first on this one. <laughs> um, this is a semi surprise question. I usually don't tell anyone that I'm going to ask, but I did tell them at the beginning of the call. So they have a little bit of time to think about it. That's not helping. Um, (laughs) I would have to go with more of a life advice, I think, that can definitely, no, it can definitely go into your business. So it's mine would be like, it kind of ties together being your own person and staying your own lane. And I would say that would probably have to be my biggest, like something that can be in your life and in your business. It's just, you can just be your own person um, and stay in your own lane. You don't have to worry about what all the other people are saying and doing. Um, it is better for your headspace. I feel like if you're just worrying about you and your business and not what everyone else is doing, because, and I know Sierra touches on this too in her trainings is they could seem like they're running a million dollar business, but that bottom line is what's important. So, and that's exactly why financials is so important because it may look like you have a great, 
profitable business, but I'm sure you're not running lean and mean in some part of it. So yeah, I, feel like, sure. I feel like I relate that from life and business. So good. Thank you. Candy. Okay. I did think of something long, <laughs> long ago. Um, I heard, and I don't know if this is a quote by somebody famous or not, but be kind to the people on the way up the ladder of success. Um, and I do feel that um, when we had our businesses, we did a lot of collaboration with many people, um, whether they already had a store, whether they had their own, you know, home-based business and they were just trying to get out there and put their name out there. We worked with a lot of different types of people. And I will still say, you know, I have those relationships built up and we're all friends, you know, so business owners, um, people ask me things all the time. People have told me numerous times that they miss me. And I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. It's just, I think that whenever, um, particularly like Abby and I, when we were in a small community, but it doesn't matter if you're in a large community, you know, your street of businesses, you guys could all work together, um, mm -hmm. to actually make your community feel bonded and, you know, complement one another. And like Abby said, you know, you never really know what someone else is going through. Um, and so just having that friendship um, where you can share, um, whether it's through a mastermind group, like what you have, Sierra, or the inventory group where we can all ask questions, um, you know, just to actually show that what you're going through is normal. Yeah. You know, what you feel on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's customer-based, numbers-based, if you're comfortable sharing that information with other people. Um, but, you know, just being kind because you just never really know, you know, I may be working for one of these people one day that yeah. I have collaborated with, you know, so I would, that would be my piece of advice. Yeah. So good. Stay in your own lane, put those blinders on, focus on what matters for your own self and your own sphere of influence, and just be kind to people around you. Just be nice, be a nice person. I um, took my son suit shopping and the lady was so crabby, one of the workers, so crabby. <laughs> I was just trying. So we worked with one of the gentlemen there because I just, she was beyond, I, I've really never seen anyone so crabby, but I kept thinking, what is going on in her life? You know, so instead of being snippy, snappy back, I thought, well, I don't need to work with you if you're not going to be friendly, mm -hmm. but I also don't need to judge you because who knows what's going on. And so just remembering with our customers that are throw little tender temper tantrums or people that we don't particularly like on our block of business to just be kind. You never know what people are going through or what relationship that you could possibly build just by stepping out and saying hello to someone. So I love it. I, um, have a funny word when I think of this podcast episode and it's the word precious. I feel like this is some precious time. I know that that seems, it's kind of an old fashioned word, but I hope all of you that listened just felt really touched by hearing real women talk about real things, encouraging you that if it's time to sell your business, if you want to move on, if you have a different idea, um, there's ways to go about it and be creative with it. And the most important thing that you can do to invest in that is to get your financials in order, to understand your numbers, to organize what you have control of organizing, to get help if you need help, give yourself permission to connect with other business owners. And then let's just keep doing the journey. Thanks for hanging out with me today, you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you later. Bye everyone.
Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Inventory Genius Podcast. If there's something that you heard today on the podcast episode and you want to dig deeper into becoming an inventory genius yourself, I want to invite you to head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, where I have multiple ways that you and I can work together on your inventory. I want to help you with your profit, your cash flow, and your paycheck because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. So head on over to the website, connect with me. I'll work with you soon. See you then. Hey, boutique owner, are you ready to go from drowning in busy work to dreaming about the future? Simple Strategies Group creates automated marketing systems that work 24-7 so you do not have to. And you know how important I tell you it is to have automated, simplified systems. And that's why you need to get a hold of Liz. Liz Whitehead is a certified Clavio Master Silver Partner as well as a certified Postscript Partner. She knows her stuff. She works with e-commerce product-based businesses to implement email and text marketing strategies that build trust and nurture your customer relationships. She wants to do this for you so that you can start to focus on the front lines of your boutique business. So visit simplestrategiesgroup.com for more info. That's simplestrategiesgroup.com.